If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So I think just like being able to both tap into your emotions and be a highly empathetic person, but also let go of your emotions and kind of talk about things and always stay calm and always listen has helped keep the team together because you're always going to have those challenges and bumps and conflicts. It's really important that the leader knows how to navigate that. That's Brian Shimerlick, my guest today. He started his finance career at J.P. Morgan, but after six years in banking, he began a series of pivots that's brought him closer and closer to his professional purpose. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Crystal Laurie. This is Bucketless Careers. So Brian decided to get his MBA, shifting gears after feeling unsatisfied with the work he was doing. And before entering NYU Stern, he took a summer internship at an NYC tech startup, making minimum wage alongside unemployed college grads, taking steps backward to move forward, right? But it didn't take long for Brian to fall in love with the startup culture. And it didn't take long for him to come up with a business idea. Brian set out 10 years ago to revolutionize and digitize the world of vending machines, but the company has since transformed itself. And in this episode, we get the twists and turns of Vango Labs, which, by the way, won a deal on Shark Tank. Not only highlighting here how Brian and his partner, Stephen Bofill, built it, but we also get into how they've morphed its offerings and focus. Today, Vango powers 27,000 digital screens across the country. You've probably seen one at a gym, colleges, bars, restaurants, and retail stores. And after recently pivoting more heavily into the ad tech space, they realized it made more sense for them. The move came after the team saw a lot of their profit driven by the actual digital screen, not just the products they were selling and sampling. Fascinating bucket list career founder story here for you this week and Brian's takeaways on adapting as an entrepreneur, as well as his advice on career reinvention are just as compelling. So let's go ahead and listen. Brian, welcome to Bucket List Careers. It's great to have you on the podcast and of course to see you again. Great to see you, Krista. Thanks for having me. I know it's been a couple of years since I interviewed you for that show, Money in Main Street, that was on Long Island. Yeah, we're still in Bethpage and been there through COVID and the ups and downs and, and we're going strong. All right. We want to dig into all of that, of course, and hear about you know your journey to founder. You know what this podcast is about. We want to find out what really lights you up about being an entrepreneur and what you've created and also find out about your pivots and your transitions. So let's start with 
what does actually qualify this as a dream gig for you? What do you love about what you're doing now? Yeah, I love the lack of bureaucracy, right? That there's just, there's no rules. It's about results. I love the relationships. Without some of the formality and bureaucracy, it allows the relationships at work to get real and get personal in a good way and create kind of like bonds, you know? So my team I've been working with mostly since inception over a decade and we've seen people grow and get married and have kids and it's a meaningful relationship. So rewarding, I'm sure. I know you have two children of your own and Van Gogh likely feels like your third baby. Am I right? (laughs) So we want to talk origins, of course, how you came up with the idea more than 10 years ago now. You've grown Van Gogh Labs to a multi-million dollar year company with a business model that has morphed through the years to boost profitability. You tell me. It has changed since I first interviewed you. So this business has pivoted and so have you because you started out in finance. So let's dial it back. I started my career at JP Morgan and, you know, it's great brand, a well-recognized name. And it's like what I'm kind of supposed to be doing according to, you know, society. And what happened when I was there was I hated it. I looked at my boss. I looked at his boss and it seemed like everyone was miserable. I was trying to understand, like, is this just what work is like? Is this what life is like? You kind of just lower your head and and do your work. And I, I refused to accept that. And so I went to business school kind of with the idea of creating a safety net where I could kind of experiment and try different things. As soon as I was accepted, I quit my kind of cushy job and I interned for a startup for minimum wage. Mm. And I was blown away. It was a completely different environment. People were interesting. They were smart. They cared about the company. The company cared about them. I got in with this really exceptional CEO named Seth Smirknick at Conductor. And I got to see what it was like running a startup with 30 people. And I was just super inspired by the passion and the happiness that was present every day. Wow. And early on too, you had that self-awareness, I would say early, right? Was that in your 20s? Yeah. That's pretty incredible. And you actually, I think, had the idea when you were in grad school at NYU, you said, where you needed something immediately, a product. I don't know. What was it? Tell us the story. And that was the beginning of your your big light bulb, right? Yeah. The key to the light bulb was, was really changing the lens of having this space to explore to try, and most importantly, to fail, right? The biggest roadblock between people achieving their bucket list career goal is fear. Once I was able to kind of see this business school two-year period as a safety net, I saw failing as, as a rite of passage instead of a risk or something scary. I knew I was going to try to build something no matter what. And the time was was kind of ticking. And so riding lonely one night in a taxi, 
came up with the idea that every taxi needs to have a vending machine inside of it. This was like 2011, 2012, right? As Uber was kind of just getting some adoption. So this is, this is early days. And, you know, there were like 13,000 New York City taxis. And so I couldn't stop thinking about this idea. I had no connections, no relationships, but I just started talking about it. And everyone... It's just so tangible. It's simple. People loved it. And I found that the New York State government had its own business plan competition. And complete coincidence, the deadline was the next day after I found it. And out of 270 companies from around the world, we won the whole thing. We got $17,000 of seed capital. And we were on the inside cover of the New York Post. And so all of a sudden... I had this business, you know, but I had no team, I had no product. I was just figuring things out. And then I believe you were on Shark Tank not long after that. Is that correct? Yeah, we went on okay. Shark Tank. Was that a was that sort of opening doors for you right away? And then, you know, walk us through. I mean, you've got 10 years obviously under your belt, but give us some of the milestones in the growth of the company. And we definitely want to talk about how the company itself has pivoted. The next one was we created a team and a prototype. So for about a year, I carried around a suitcase with me that had a vending machine inside of it that we made from scratch. And it was good enough that, you know, someone could kind of touch the screen, swipe a card and and an item would drop out. And we were able to turn that into a million dollar seed round from some of the best investors in the world that I just couldn't believe were part of this story. And so then we were on our way. In 2016, we appeared on Shark Tank and negotiated a $2 million deal with Kevin and Lori. Mm -hmm. And that just helped kind of put our flag down and create just a huge amount of awareness of Bingo and what we're doing. I would say the next big milestone was COVID. As a hardware company, We were really executing well, and we scaled to 1,600 vending machines across the country, but it was really hard to scale. And it was really hard to achieve a higher level of growth than just deploying, you know, a couple hundred vending machines every month. And we really wanted to set up this foundation that could scale faster. And so in COVID... We kind of got punched in the face. Uh, Our revenue was down 63% as people stopped going to the gym, to the college, to, you know, the hotel. And so first we kind of played around with just trying to be helpful. And we started stocking sanitizer and masks. and, And the MTA asked us to deploy vending machines to the New York City subways and all the train stations but it didn't really solve for the fundamental challenges of the business. And so COVID provided me cover to take a really hard look in the mirror and a scientific look at the business. And what I realized was a couple of things. One, we were making three quarters of our profit from the screen, not from the products. And the screen was a commodity. 
an inexpensive commodity versus this large, complex, expensive proprietary product. Got it. And if you could just for a moment give listeners a sense of what were the products you were selling in the vending machines before we go further into how you adjusted the model and the realizations that you came to as far as profitability. Yeah, the the business as a as kind of vending machine physical marketing, it worked. The units okay. were profitable, customers were happy and it scaled. But the profitability was limited. The business was hard and expensive to operate, and it just wasn't growing at the rate that I wanted it to. So we tried everything from sampling beauty products to selling locks in the gym locker rooms to headphones and chargers to sanitizer. But what we saw was the kernel of the business that was the most successful, the most profitable was running advertising on the screen. And so the screen was, you know, simple, inexpensive. And the software that we built for ourselves allowed us to source the advertising in kind of more of an automated way. Okay. And as recent as 2018 year, the, the space of digital at-home media, digital play-based media screens that you would see in your daily life it was actually completely offline, completely fragmented. And we've been part of the story to adopt technology and kind of pushing this industry forward to behave as if these screens are no different than a website, that they're digital connected properties. And so we are using all sorts of automation exchanges to source advertising. It's been extremely fun, extremely profitable, and extremely scalable. As we realized we were so ahead of the curve on programmatic advertising, using our software to source advertising, we realized we could do this not just for ourselves and our own vending machine screens, but for other networks of screens. And so we scaled from 1,600 screens it's 27,000 screens last year. And we're simply this software company in the cloud that's helping networks of screens make more profit. Uh, okay. So the place-based advertising focus, this out-of-home media that's found in set locations like malls, gas stations, college campuses, gyms, you're saying this is where Vengo is really hitting its stride and it is finding the most success. Yeah. So... Today, only 4% of every ad dollar gets allocated to ad home. Okay. That's billboards, you know, big digital in Times Square and screens. And so other types of advertising, you know, desktop, mobile, connected TV, it definitely has its place. But we've seen that it's so powerful to jump out of that digital ecosystem and show up. Right. Like people joke in business, like even in this day and age, like just showing up is a big part of winning a deal. And so showing up in someone's life helps cut the noise, helps validate that this is real and has been shown combined with mobile to supercharge the conversion and the efficacy. It sounds like an exciting time for you guys. Tell me more about you as a founder and your experience and what you have found has served you the most in terms of mindset and the way you approach everything. And I know that you are a risk taker. You did say that to me in prep. 
So talk to me about why that's worked for you in some of your decision making and what we can learn from that. Yeah. So, I mean, my approach to running the business is really about connecting with people and trying to help people. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And building that network in a really organic, selfless way. And over a long enough time period, you know, now I'm on year 11, that has just paid amazing dividends. And the dividends are kind of the the output, but it's not the reason. It's not the process, right? It, it's about genuinely wanting to help people and enjoying it. I take really good care of my team, my partners, and... I respect them and I treat them with a lot of empathy and respect. And so I think that that has resulted in just building this really strong team that's seen the evolutions of the business. And then for me personally, I think a lot about happiness, improvement, balance, exercise. And I really believe like when you show up at a meeting, it's, it's about being in the right mind space. It's about feeling good about yourself. It's about your mind and your heart being aligned is more important than the pre-meeting prep. It's good to be prepared too. I really believe people should live holistically and make sure they're taking time to do what makes them happy and live kind of like a complete and full life. I love that. Are you still working with the same co-founder? Are you guys still partners? Yeah. And his dad? Yeah, his dad retired. Because I remember that he was a big techie. Oh, his dad retired. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about that. Keeping that relationship together is a big part of a successful team. Definitely. And you guys were both there from the beginning. So what's your secret there? What's made the team stick together is the ability to navigate difficult conversations, Mm. right? There's so many people that when there's friction in a relationship, that things just go crazy and it can end or or result in a breakup. I've grown kind of immune to the awkwardness of having difficult conversations. Hmm. And, you know, like I'll say to someone like, hey, can we talk about money for a second? Or, hey, we need to have a difficult conversation. And like, that is so simple, right? And, yeah, and it's worked for you. It's so effective. So I think just like being able to both tap into your emotions and be a highly empathetic person, but also 
let go of your emotions and kind of talk about things and always stay calm and always listen has helped keep the team together because you're always going to have those challenges and bumps and conflicts. It's really important that the leader knows how to navigate that. Where do you see Vengo Labs in 10 years at this point? In 10 years, I see Vengo Labs as a really important component of the story of these physical screens out in the world behaving like connected digital properties and being part of a large media organization in kind of a, you know, 24, 25 acquisition. And Brian, can you just stop for a moment and expand on or clarify what connected digital properties means? Yeah. I think I follow, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So when you think of a website, it's the things that you see on a website in terms of the advertising. It's extremely personalized. It's extremely customized. And 95% plus is automated. There's no humans involved saying, you know, hey, do you want to show up on uh, on Krista's desktop this morning on, right. on uh, you know, Money and Main Street? It is all automated. And so when I say screens behaving like connected digital properties, what I mean is allowing the automation of the internet to reach into that physical world and function the same way on these screens that you might see in the gym or in the elevator or at your hotel. Well, I am genuinely impressed with how adaptable Vengo Labs has proven to be. And I think it's just a testimony to some strong leadership. So let's send people online to learn more about you. Where's the best place to go? Follow Vengo on LinkedIn. And we're constantly giving kind of inside updates as to what's going on in the company and how we're driving growth. Right. Because you want to bring in media buyers. Who, who are you trying to reach to grow? We're reaching on one side, Mm -hmm. people who have networks of screens that are looking to generate more profit. And on the other side, we're connecting with programmatic and digital at home buyers who are looking for huge scale and to access their target audience in the real world. All right, Brian Schimmerlich, it was great to have you on the podcast. I loved getting the update on how Vango Labs is doing. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Thanks so much, Kristen. Thanks for joining me on Bucket List Careers. I'm your host, Krista Laurie. We'll be back on Thursday with a fresh episode. Until then, be well. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.